What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the exposit story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com, that's patreon.com forward slash baldhead bible, and there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. Jacob stood there in line. Behind him were... Abraham and Simeon, and behind them stretched a long line of men. And in front of Jacob also stood a long line of men, all waiting to see the small figure at the end of the line in the distance, Moses. That was who they had come to see, Moses. But he was so far down the line, Jacob was starting to feel as if he would never get to see him. And it was hot. I mean, it is the desert after all. And and Jacob was tired of standing in line hour after hour. I mean, he had been standing there for two hours and the line had barely moved. Forget this, thought Jacob, and he started to walk towards Moses. He was briskly walking down the line of men to get to Moses. His was a simple dispute, not a hard one, but he needed Moses to rule on it. Did his neighbor have to repay him for a sheep since the ditch the neighbor dug ended up trapping his lamb in it, eventually killing it? And lambs aren't cheap, and it was a dumb place to dig a ditch, so he felt that his neighbor owed him some money. I mean, this isn't a hard problem to solve. He only needed ten minutes of Moses' time, but... As he walked down the line, other men standing in front of him noticed and began to yell at him. Hey, what are you doing? Get back in line. Stop. Come on. What are you doing? Others then began to join Jacob in his march, walking faster to get ahead of him until there was an all-out dash to talk to Moses. Soon there were a crowd of men standing around Moses The Bible says people milled around Moses from morning till evening. And I can imagine these men milled around him in different directions, trying to get his attention. Moses was probably sitting in a chair of some kind, or maybe sitting on the ground talking to the men who were in front of him. You know, the men who were first in line who had gotten there, and he's deciding their case. But now there were many men standing around, and... Moses probably tried to calm them down and then went back into his tent to get a drink and to take a break. He was exhausted anyway. 
Inside the tent, though, was his father-in-law, Jethro. Wow, what a ruckus, Jethro says. I can imagine Moses' response. It always happens this way. And I can imagine Moses then lays down on a mat to take a break. Like I said, he's exhausted. Moses goes on to say, it is exhausting. I mean, this is the 50th group of people I spoke to today. Moses then goes on to complain about the work and how tired he was from managing this part of the task. Jethro shook his head at the chaos going on outside with the men arguing and yelling. Moses goes on to say, eventually they break up and it calms down and it'll be fine. Jethro, I can imagine in response, just shakes his head. Nope. Things were not going to be fine if things continued the way they were going. It was time for Jethro to finally speak. So he did. Advice. Correction. Feedback. These are hard things to take sometimes, especially unsolicited feedback, where people have not asked for your help or advice in any way. It's hard to give advice like that, especially when you know somebody needs it. But in today's story, we're going to hear and see an example by Moses of how to take constructive, well-intentioned feedback and how to learn from wisdom wherever you get it. See, days earlier, Jethro had shown up to visit Moses. Now, Jethro was the father of Zipporah, Moses' wife. Earlier, Moses had sent Zipporah back with the children before he came to Egypt, so they had not seen firsthand the miracles that had occurred in Egypt. So when Jethro shows up, I can imagine Moses gives him a big hug. It was good to see him again. And of course, it was good to see Zipporah, or Zippy as I think he calls her. You know, it was good to see Zippy and the boys. Well, at least that's what I think Moses had as a nickname for Zipporah. I mean, that's a lot to say, you know, Zipporah every day, all the time. Well, Zippy was glad to see Moses. Zipporah had brought their two sons, now a year or two older than the last time Moses had seen them. His sons were named Gershom and Eliezer. And again, I can imagine Moses thinks it's so good to see his family and they're doing well, and they talk, and it's so good to be reunited. Well, he wanted to show his father-in-law around the camp, because, you know, every son-in-law wants to impress the father-in-law, right? So Moses starts showing Jethro the camp that him and the Israelites have established, and then they stop for a meal, and while there, Moses begins to recount what God had done for them. From the battle with Pharaoh and the ten plagues to the final plague and the miraculous crossing of the Red Sea, Moses probably shared wonder after wonder. Finally, on hearing all this, Jethro says, Blessed be the Lord who rescued you from the power of Egypt and from the power of Pharaoh. He has rescued the people from under the power of Egypt. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods because he did wonders when the Egyptians acted arrogantly against Israel. Exodus 18, verses 10 and 11. Now notice Jethro says, Now I know that Yahweh, or the Lord, is greater than all gods. 
you know, I think that is an interesting point in the story. Because Jethro uses the personal covenantal name of God, Yahweh. Now remember, in this story, Jethro is introduced as a priest of Midian. Now what does that mean? Is he a priest? Of what religion and what is Midian? Well, Midian was a man way back in the day. And Midian was a son through Abraham. See, Abraham had a second wife, and her name was Keturah, and she gave birth to Midian. And in Genesis 25, it talks about how this wife named Keturah then had many children for Abraham, and one of them was named Midian. So, to be of the tribe of Midian meant you had some connection to Abraham in your past, And then the stories of Abraham may have been passed down from generation to generation amongst the Midianites. And and then along with these stories of Abraham came probably stories of this God named Yahweh. Or this God named of this amazing God that did amazing things for their father Abraham. Thus Jethro may have had some knowledge of Yahweh. But see, the Midianites, they didn't just worship Yahweh. They also worshiped other gods. Midianites, unlike the Israelites, were not completely devoted to Yahweh. They would regularly worship other gods. So when Jethro is called a priest of Midian, it may mean he was a priest for another god. But notice, when he talks to Moses, he uses the name Yahweh. And he recognized that Yahweh was above all other gods. Now, this statement, using the word Yahweh, using the name Yahweh by Jethro, may indicate he actually is a true follower of Yahweh. Or this may imply that before this event, Jethro was a priest of another random Midianite god, but having heard about the miracles God did for Israel He converted to the worship of Yahweh and took that faith back with him to Midian. Either way, we know by the end of their meeting, Jethro was a worshiper of Yahweh. How? Because he offered a burnt offering in the presence of Yahweh to Yahweh. It was probably some sort of fellowship offering. Now, a fellowship offering is where you burn some of it and offer it as a burnt offering to the God. And then you take some of it and you eat with the other person and and you eat together some of the leftover meat not offered as a burnt offering. In many ways, by eating together, this implied that Jethro saw himself as a part of the family of Yahweh. But ultimately, Jethro, he wasn't a Jew. And ultimately, Jethro was outside of Israel. He was a foreigner. He was not of the tribe of Israel. But I think Jethro worshipped Yahweh. So after spending time together, Jethro began to see how Moses lived and especially how Moses worked. And the work that Moses had to do in keeping the people together could be long and difficult, and it would leave him exhausted at the end of the day. 
One job in particular exhausted him, and that was the job of being the supreme court for all of Israel's disputes. See, when an Israelite felt he was being treated unfairly or he felt that a wrong had been done to him, he would bring his complaint to Moses. Moses would then decide the dispute between the offended parties. And to to decide the dispute, he would follow this process. He would listen to the dispute. Moses would then go to God with the dispute and ask how the dispute should be handled, probably through prayer or maybe even going into the tent of meeting if it was particularly hard. And then he would report back to the offended parties how the dispute would be decided. Moses would then, after saying how the dispute would be decided, would then take the time to explain to all the parties involved the reasoning behind the way the matter was decided. He would instruct the people in God's ways and thoughts so that the people could learn the principles God was laying out for how the people of God should live. So with every dispute, Moses did two things. He ruled on the dispute, and then he instructed the people ruled and instructed, ruled and taught. Dispute after dispute. The Bible says he did that from morning until evening. And, you know, you can imagine doing that all day, dispute after dispute. You'd go to bed exhausted and tired, and then you'd start it all over again the next day. It was exhausting. And I wonder if problems arose, as in the story I told at the beginning. You know, people were standing around waiting for their case to be heard and were getting frustrated while they waited. The Bible talks about how Jethro noticed that Moses was being worn out, but he also noticed that the people were being worn out. I think finally, after watching it probably for a couple of days, Jethro spoke. Because Jethro could see what was happening, and he had a good idea. Maybe this was how they handled disputes in Midian, you know, and Jethro thought, this is how we handle disputes in Midian, and this is a great method, and it works well here, so so why not share it? Or, Or maybe, as a priest, he had to do the same thing in Midian, and he had invented this himself as a process for his tribe. Either way, Jethro saw a problem and spoke up. What you're doing is not good. Exodus 18, verse 17. You will certainly wear out both yourself and these people who are with you because the task is too heavy for you. You can't do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you some advice and God be with you. Exodus 18, 17 through 19, Jethro spoke up. He gave Moses advice. He also gave advice from someone outside the family as well. I sometimes wonder how much bravery that took for Jethro. As his father-in-law, he had some authority in Moses' life, but he wasn't a Jew, and Moses could easily reject his advice and get mad at him for even saying something, and then life would get much harder for Jethro. But I also think Jethro saw a problem and felt that he had to say something. Sometimes the most loving thing you can do is to speak up and say something. If you see a friend doing something that is destructive, 
hurting them or maybe they're hurting their friends and their families, why would you not say something? I think many of us say nothing because we've seen how it goes when you give unsolicited advice, right? Many people don't have a teachable spirit and instead are upset that you think there's anything wrong with the way they do things. And who are you, oh, high and mighty? You you think you're so smart that you have the right way to do something. You know what? You can take your advice and just get out of here. Go home. And then your friend gets upset and then you have to try to apologize. And that's when something that was peaceful and beautiful all of a sudden is now a big old mess. But I also think Jethro knew Moses. And he began to see the character of this man. In Numbers 12, verse 3, Moses is described as the most humble man who ever walked the earth. Moses had a teachable spirit. He was willing to take constructive criticism and and at least listen. Maybe Jethro didn't even give it kindly, but Moses knew the heart behind it. And he also knew the trouble he was in. Moses knew he was exhausted daily. So why would he not listen? Or maybe Jethro gave the advice in the most kind way possible and therefore won Moses over. You know, it's interesting, in a recent study, researchers at Harvard and the University of North Carolina said People sometimes go so far as to reshape their social networks in an office just to avoid people who tend to give negative feedback. We don't like feedback. We'll reshape who we hang out with, how we walk, who we associate with just to avoid it. You know, I was thinking, how well do I take feedback? How well do you take feedback? How well do I take unsolicited advice. Why is it so hard to take criticism from your boss, from a family member, especially from a friend? You know, why is it so hard to take criticism? I think we can learn from Moses and have a teachable spirit. And if it's good advice to listen, no matter where it comes from, well, Jethro, he gave his advice. And it was good advice. He pointed out that Moses' current approach wears out the people and it wears out him as well. So he needs to change. Jethro recommended that he should select from the people able men, God-fearing, trustworthy, and, and hating dishonest prophet. That's what he said. I want you to find Able men, God-fearing, trustworthy, and hating dishonest prophet. Then Jethro goes on to say, place them over the people as commanders of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They should judge the people at all times. Then they can bring you every major case, but judge every minor case themselves. In this way, you will lighten your load and they will bear it with you. If you do this and God so directs you, you will be able to endure and also all these people will be able to go home satisfied, Exodus 18, 21 through 23. I mean, I think this is a great idea. Pick men who fear God, who are trustworthy and honest, men who hate cheating and lying, who can't be bribed. And then have one man over 10 cases. If you have a problem in this group of 10 people, you go to that man. 
Then the cases that can't be decided at that level are then put up the chain to the man who's over 50. 50 families can come to him. They first go to the 10, and then if that doesn't work, then they go to this man. And then any cases that can't be decided at that level are then passed up to the chain to the man over 100. And then the most difficult cases are passed all the way up to the man over 1,000. And then finally, if the case cannot be decided... At any of those levels, it goes to Moses at the Supreme Court level. Sounds like a familiar system, doesn't it? I think we owe a lot to Jethro and the Jewish people. Well, Moses listened. He listened because he had a teachable spirit. And because Moses knew all truth is God's truth. He probably didn't express it that way, but I think Moses knew a good idea, even if it comes from somebody outside the family of Israel, if it's truth, it comes from God. You know, even if the idea is given by a man who is not even a Jew, not even a part of the Jewish family, a good idea is a good idea. Moses listened. And in so doing, Jethro's advice made Moses' life a lot easier. And if you think about it, Jethro's advice impacted countries like ours way in the future. I'm thankful for Jethro. What if he'd kept it to himself? What if he'd been too scared to share his idea? Or what if Moses had, had not had a teachable spirit and walked off all grumpy? You know, I don't, nobody gives me advice. Well, I'm thankful Jethro had the courage to speak. Because it is a great idea. And I'm thankful for the laws of the land that we have and the structure we have to help us decide cases. We can thank a father-in-law, a priest of Midian named Jethro for giving us that great idea. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.